Hello, you're listening to Reminisce, the Empowered Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Reed. Today we have with us Savannah Blake, and she is a minimalist. So, Savannah, can you just explain to us um, who you are and what it means to you to be a minimalist? Yes. Um, okay, well, so as, you, as you announced, I'm Savannah. I am a coach and blogger of a wellness website, and minimalism is one of the things that I have a foot in that I've been studying for probably two or three years at least now. And um, it actually, it all, it overlaps in, a, in several other categories once you really start learning about it and implementing some of the things. Um, I know it's very trendy now, especially with Marie Kondo's new show on uh, Netflix, if you saw that. and uh, um, Actually, I haven't been able to watch that yet, no. Well, I haven't either, but I've heard people talking about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for my husband to be home so we can watch it together and maybe get him oh, to nice. get on the bandwagon <laughs> and maybe clean out his closet because it's driving me <laughs> <But laughs> But yeah, um, a lot of what people know about minimalism is what they see on Instagram, the very clean-cut pictures with not a whole lot going on. Maybe it's one white plant or, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, And I actually have a lot of people come to me all the time telling me that they can't wait to get into minimalism and really want to be a minimalist and that kind of thing. And... What I like to tell them is that there's people think that it's a overnight destination that you come to, that one day you're just like, okay, I'm going to be a minimalist. Let me throw away all my things. And it doesn't work like that at all. It's a very long process, and it's a mindset and a lifestyle. It's not, it's not at all throwing away your things, um, because a lot of um, minimalism is being conscious to the things that you are buying and the impacts that that has on the world. Mm. So Mm. just going through it all and throwing it out, that's not really... I mean, you are creating more space in your house, in your home, in your life, but you're also creating a lot of trash in that process. Right, right. And I struggled with that a lot when I first started studying minimalism because you do want to get rid of all these things, but I have a hard time throwing away anything because I also am on a zero waste path also. Mm, mm. Oh, yeah, um, so it's kind of like contradictory to your purpose. Right. So... uh, figuring out what to do with a lifetime's worth of junk, essentially, is really hard in the beginning. And I was a hoarder. I came Mm. from a family of hoarders, not to the extreme effect that you see on the TV shows, but my grandfather grew up in the Great Depression when they didn't have anything Mm. and everything Mm -hmm. was very scarce. And then my grandmother grew up, um, there, between my, my grandfather and my grandmother both had 10 to 12 brothers and sisters each. And mm. 
Yeah, my yeah, father is actually person. from a large family as well, and I can see right, the same type of behavior. Mm-hmm. Yes, and my grandmother tells me stories about how um, they, her mother made their clothes from flower sacks and how their beds were made of sewn-together flower sacks stuffed with straw. And so they come from this very <clears throat> um, world of lack. And so when they grew up in a, with a childhood where they literally had no shoes on their feet, they uh, overcompensated as adults and never threw away anything ever right, right. And like I said, it wasn't to the extreme that you see on the TV show, but um, I don't know anyone in my family who doesn't have a junk room where they have... Uh, where you can barely walk in there because they've got neat little stacks of the the big plastic tubs that oh, you wow. store things in, the storage containers, mm-hmm. um, full of just random things. Like my, my grandmother has one of fabric, and then there's one of shoes, and they the will, they'll buy my children. I'm sorry? Baskets. My family has lots of baskets. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. But, yeah. So when I, um, but my, my my family, they'll buy my children things that they won't be able to fit into for years, and they'll store it. And mm. I followed in their footsteps for the first um, 20 years of my life or so, probably 24-ish or so years of my life. And I kept everything as well. And it was, and I still struggle with it from time to time. Like um, I'll have a, say, a ranch jar. I buy ranch in jars, like glass jars. And I might hold mm-hmm. on to the jar after the ranch is gone for a month because you never know, I might need that jar for something. And I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's, it's a process. And especially when you're coming from such an extreme to the other end. But once I started letting go of things, it just, it's like with everything I let go of, I felt a weight lift off my shoulders. Mm. And as I could, as I started cleaning out these rooms and I no longer had a junk room, I could breathe. And it just, the, the air was fresher and cleaner, I felt. And it's just a whole nother vibration, I guess, is what you would call it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A whole other aura to the to the space. And I kind of became addicted a little bit to the cleaning and out and the, the letting go of. And, I mean, looking around, I don't look, like you wouldn't come in my house and, and automatically think, oh, she's a minimalist. Because oh, I do have practice. two very small children And even though me and my husband are very mindful of not buying a whole lot of toys and extra stuff, um, Mm -hmm. they are the only grandchildren on three sides of the family. Oh. (laughs) So even if you didn't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of clothes, too, because... um, all of their grandparents think that they need something at least once a week. So just because I'm in the middle doesn't mean any, everybody in my family is by any means. Uh-huh. That, um, it's so funny that, you know, 
our lives are pretty similar, um, especially, you know, with the family's experience. And I just think about my grandmother and how sometimes I would go over there to go shopping because I knew whatever I needed, <laughs> it might be in that house. <laughs> yeah. If I need to mm-hmm. my grandmother is the first person I call because she might have one. Mhm. Yeah, and um, you know, with me also like carrying bags, I feel like I would um, feel like I had to have everything with me, and that probably mm-hmm. came from also seeing all of that. And then you know, my back was starting to hurt, and I was just like, "Why am I carrying all of this?" So. I started to, you know, not carry as much on me. Like, maybe I don't need two purses, <laughs> you know. I don't have any kids. I understand. So, I you know, understand that was completely. Like, it was an emotional uh, release as well to just go to a process of not needing things. Yes, my my philosophy is um, I pack a bag before I leave the house every time I go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a bag because I used to have the purse that, you know, I didn't see the bottom of for six to seven months, and you would finally get around to cleaning it out, and you'd find things that you thought were lost. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it is why am I carrying these things around? It's just extra baggage and I mean that in terms of emotional and mental mm-hmm. baggage that you're carrying around physically on your shoulders and um, that gets tiresome because you know we all have enough to carry around as it is with our um, day-to-day tasks keeping everything in order and straight mm-hmm. and trying not to uh, worry about every little thing so we don't need to add extra things but that's exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I pack a bag right before I leave my house. It's part of my uh, getting ready to go routine. And I think, you know, what? where am I going? What am I going to be doing? Okay, well, these are the things I'll probably need for that. And then anything else we're just going to have to make do without. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as a teacher, you know, I think I also had that extra burden on me to have all the supplies that my uh, students might need. But then I'm like, well, these are high schoolers. You know, they need to be more responsible. And if they don't have their pencil or their pen, you know, it's their responsibility to bring all these things. And it's not like they can't afford it. They can. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not feeling the need to have all the supplies in the world. And, you know, it's also, like you were saying, that it's an emotional thing. And, you know, I actually started, like, losing weight, and I'm not exercising. (laughs) It's just that, you know, that less stress, not feeling the need to have everything, so. Right. It really, you you don't know until you start letting go of it all how freeing it really is. Definitely. So how do you see this lifestyle impacting, um, like, your personal family? Like, you talked a little bit about, you know, why these things have happened and why we might feel the need to carry everything uh, from our own family, but how has moving towards this lifestyle impacted your kids and your husband? 
Well, um, my kids are three and 11 months, so nothing's really impacted them yet. They don't understand. Okay. They have no mm-hmm. idea anything's going on or that we're different from anyone else. Um, and, you know, like I said, looking, walking on our house, you wouldn't gather immediately that we are, um, that we do reduce what we buy and have and keep and whatnot. But um, so I can't really speak on my children any as of yet, mm-hmm. uh, maybe mm-hmm. in a couple of years, because I've already um, – We've got to do something about these toys. They are getting out of hand, and I don't know what to do with them mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like I said, I don't like to throw things away. And um, But I have come to uh, figure out consignment shops and whatnot and, um, because mm-hmm. I've never been one to shop, it, to shop in places like that, and it's not because, um, it's not because of what was in anything. I just um, I like organization, and I'm not big into... Uh, Rummaging, if that makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I started uh, boxing up their clothes and taking it to the local consignment shop, which been, which has been wonderful because um, we did we were donating everything, and then I learned that a lot of what you donate doesn't go to um, donation centers or people in need or anything like that. A lot of it mm. is still just thrown away. So I'm trying to find other ways of dealing with our clutter that we still have. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I can speak on uh, some of the impacts it's had on me, though. Um, okay, yeah. I, the first thing I ever started letting go was, um, well, I don't know, it was the second thing. So the first thing I ever started letting go was I had a junk room and started just cleaning things out, and that's not really a big story to tell, except for, like, when I first started doing it, everything I touched, I nearly cried. because, mm. And I had to get help, and uh, I had to get help. I had to get my husband and my friend to come with me, my sister-in-law, and um, they had garbage bags, and they had to make me throw away some of the stuff. And I'm talking like, um, I can't really think of an example, but to anybody else it would look like trash, but to me it had sentimental value. Right, had to, had to and, uh, <laughs> Right, like, like, oh, it's a piece of paper with a stamp on it, but what you don't know is that my best friend in third grade give, gave me that. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, right, ridiculous right. thing. <laughs> so, um so yeah, if if you have a hard time letting go of things, definitely get you some help. And um, in the beginning, you will probably have to throw things in the trash. But your goal is to minimize the buying so that you don't have to throw things in the trash later. Um, right, right. But when you're first starting out, you you probably will have to throw some things out. But anyway, um, yeah, get help. And um, another thing I found that was helpful was is to take pictures of things. It makes it a little bit easier to let go of the physical thing of them so that you, mm-hmm. you still have that, that picture that you can look back and reminisce if you need to. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. the second thing I ever cleaned out was my closet. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Mind Body Green. It's a website. Um, but I wrote an article for them about this and how uh, cleaning out your closet and only and stop 
buying fast fashion because that's another thing to it. If you're mm-hmm. if you truly want to get into the minimalist lifestyle, um, you don't only need to go through your closet of the things that you don't wear, but the things that you do buy and keep and stuff. You want to get them from uh, sturdy sources. Uh, let's see, that's a better word for that. Um, fast fashion, like the things you get at your local big retailers, mm-hmm. without naming any names, like your the common places that most people do get their clothes. Just your mm-hmm. average person. Um, you know, you're paying five dollars a shirt and ten dollars for pants, and the deals seem wonderful on the surface. Right, right, but, <laughs> right. So. So instead of buying the one pair of pants, you buy three pairs of pants. And instead of buying one shirt, you buy five shirts because they're affordable. But um, the problem with that is they're not as well made. So they're going to stretch out in the the washer, and they're going to get holes in them faster, and the seams are going to rip and um, that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. if you're buying things that are a little bit better made. So instead of paying $5 for five shirts, you take $25 and put it towards one shirt. You're, um, mm-hmm. you're going to be more mindful in what kind of shirt you're buying, and you're probably going to like it more, so you're going to wear it more, and it's going to last longer, and then you've saved yourself space and you've saved yourself time and money and um, the kids in third world countries who are making the cheap clothes for horrible pay. Um, it goes really mm-hmm. deep. <laughs> but right. um, yeah. uh, there's all these aspects to it. And then, you know, now before I would look in my closet and I would stand there for, gosh, 30 minutes, I would try on three or four different outfits. I would not like anything and fit and funny, whatever, whatever. And now I look in my closet and I know exactly what I'm going to wear because I have the, you know, the, the ten shirts in my closet or the ten favorite shirts that I own. You know, they all look wonderful on me. So instead of not knowing what I want to wear because none of it looks good on me and it's all stretched out and, Mm-hmm. holy and whatnot, you're you're like, gosh, what am I going to wear? I like all of these things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that so helps you a lot because it saves time. Yeah. It sounds like it. Um, this lifestyle improves your quality of life overall. Um, oh, gosh. You know, it, it helps with yeah. making decisions easier. You know, you're also, also helping the, the world by not um, – Encouraging slave labor. Um, mm-hmm. So I've I've read a lot about and, uh, companies and you know how they have like recruiters that go out and recruit people to work jobs, but they make them pay a fee to get them the job, and it's like thousands of dollars. So since they're only getting paid uh, like pennies, they have to work like six months before they can actually get some money. So I'm like, wow, like I cannot imagine having somebody work six months that, to get a paycheck because they have to send all their money to that recruiter. So, you know, yes. it's it's a, being a humanitarian by, you know, using this lifestyle. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And um, it has so many repercussions because since you know you're doing this good and it's not only for you, but it's stemming it's out into the world, um, it really improves your, your confidence and your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And then because you like all of the clothes in your closet and all of the clothes in your closet are um, not necessarily more pricey because uh, the sturdier clothes you can't only get from the um, better-made brands, but you can also get sturdier-made clothes from consignment shops and whatnot. Right. And, mm-hmm. and like a yard sales. I love yard sales. So that's where I get a lot of my stuff from. And, um, it, and mm-hmm. you know, since your clothes are better and nicer, and um, a lot of mine come from, like, uh, Ivory Ella or um, the World Wildlife Fund, you know, those, those that mm-hmm, have a, mm-hmm. a cause tied to it. Yes, so, um, yes, definitely. They just have, um, they have vibration, they have high vibrations just radiating off of them, these clothes do, and uh, my Ivory Ella shirt actually has stains and holes in it because I'm a mom, but I still feel wonderful every time I put it on, <laughs> you know, Aww. and um, that's the kind of things you can look forward to when choosing this, like a mindful type minimalistic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think, um, a lot of people can resonate with this story of, you know, being influenced by a family member or, you know, a time period. You know, we all have family members who have that room or that closet. I can actually name probably everybody in my family has a, a space oh, yeah. like that. And, Definitely, um, mine too. You know, going through the same process like you were saying, like throwing things out and taking pictures. I actually just cleaned out not my whole storage room, but I went through every box in my storage room. And that's what I was doing. I was taking the pictures I came across. One of my friends had a baby shower, and I still had the invitation. So I took a picture of it. I was like, remember this? (laughs) So that definitely helped, taking the pictures of things that you need to throw out. And it's like, I'm not going to put this on the refrigerator. I, you know, it was a great memory. We have the pictures. It's time to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all of that, holding on to things, uh, for one, it comes from two different areas that I found other than we inherited it from our families because we do inherit our family's patterns. Mm-hmm. Um but it comes from lack and it comes from trying to fill a hole within ourselves because mm-hmm. that's all consumerism is, is trying mm-hmm. to fill holes by buying things. And, um, you know, buying things makes you happy for a whole maybe week at most, but it never actually addresses what you're trying to fill up inside of you. And um, also with the lack um, to switch over into this type of lifestyle, you have to switch over from a mindset of lack to a mindset of abundance. Mm-hmm. And um, that's actually like, uh, when I first, first started getting into this, um, 
I cleaned out my junk room. I said that was the first thing I did. Well, mm-hmm. my junk room was full of baby items. It was when it was right after my son was born, and um, well, a little while he was probably toddling around. He had, I think, mean, he just started walking. But um, mm-hmm. he had outgrown, you know, his baby swing and his bassinet and his uh, walker and you know, just all of these big baby items because most baby items are rather large. And um, mm-hmm. we lived in a three-bedroom trailer at the time. It was a very, we had very limited space. It was a very small home. And um, we had a, a friend living with us, too. So it was us and her and all of these things just jam-packed in this room that you literally couldn't walk in. And mm-hmm. my family, of course, was... Uh, oh, you need to keep it just in case you have more kids. And and so I had just stacked everything up in this room to where literally you could walk, you open the door, and the there was enough room for the door to open into the That's room. That's it. And that was literally <laughs> it. You could not walk anywhere, and things were piled up to your chest. I'm not exaggerating at all. It, there was things stacked on top of each other. It was... It, it looked like one of those episodes from the TV show Hoarders. <laughs> like, it did. It was mm-hmm. bad. And um, so I was so conflicted, you know, should I, should I keep these things in case I have a baby, another baby, or should I just get rid of them? Because we didn't know when we would have another baby. My son was kind of, he didn't sleep the first year and a half of his life, so I wasn't really into another kid right. at that point. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um and then I realized that holding on to it just in case I might need it was a mindset of lack. And mm-hmm. to switch that over, I told myself that I was just going to get rid of it because if we got, if we ended up having a new, another baby, we would just buy more. And um, mm-hmm. it sounds wasteful, but uh, that's yeah, the difference but then, between you know, a mindset of lack about... and one of abundance. Yeah, and then you can give it to, you know, a person that needs it. I know, um, again, with this keeping everything, though, my grandmother, she had a bassinet that was made out of wood that every time a baby is born, she takes that bassinet and gives it to the family. And this is old. I don't know how old it is. It probably came from the Depression. (laughs) So... And, you know, we just kindly take it every time. But, you know, a lot of people in the family don't use it because it looks unsafe. But <laughs> <laughs> but she just keeps it because, you know, you might need it. Right. Right. So. That is a, yes, that's wonderful. That's so sweet. <laughs> so, you know, it's a lot of... Um, Good times, and then, but also understanding that it is an emotional thing and coming from lack and mm-hmm. changing our mindset to an abundance. That is powerful. You know, this lifestyle is, is powerful, and I'm so glad that, you know, you were able to come on and talk about it because a lot of people don't know, too, that it's a process. Like, right. I wasn't aware. Like, I just thought... You know, I was just going to throw out everything, you know, da-da, I'm a minimalist, and I can take all these pictures <laughs> of nothing in my house. Because I, I personally hate stuff on the counter. 
So, um, oh, I do too. So, like, when my counter is cluttered, I feel like my brain is cluttered too. Yes, yes, and you mm-hmm. do. And, and once you once you get to uh, create all of this space, that and that's the thing you create space. That's what minimalism is. Minimalism is whoa. <laughs> minimalism is is creating space, and it falls into so many categories of your life, from not only your countertops, but in your mind, in your schedule, in your um, self care practice. Uh, you can create space everywhere. Actually, um, on my website, I have a little mini course, um, minimalism mini course for creating space in your mind, body, and spirit. So it's six days, and um, you get emails about how to create space in your mind, in your body, in your spirit, and because there are so many aspects to it. Mm-hmm. Can you share with the uh, listeners where they can go to contact you, um, you know, maybe an email address or your website and your Twitter account? Yeah, um, you can find me at earth and underscore water uh, on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram and Twitter are the ones where I'm most active. And then uh, my website is earth and water with the and spelled out dot co, C-O. And my email is savannah at earthandwater.co. Savannah with an H at the end. So earth and water, earth and water, everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, Savannah, for coming on Reminisce and Power Podcast. Please, listeners, reach out to Savannah, improve your life, and think about becoming a minimalist for your family's sake and for your sake. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Ryan Reed, signing off.